You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show. I'm your host. My name is Joe Miller. Next time there is the one and the only John Fina. Well, I don't know. There could be another John Fina, but you're the John Fina that we care about. So, right. (laughs) How you feeling? So how was football practice? Oh God, it's still hot out here, man. Um, You know, I'm the assistant to the assistant, to the assistant offensive line coach and none of them showed up today. So I was, uh, I was pulling out all my old euphemisms and motivational talks, but Nice. I'm a high energy coach. That's why they don't want me there. That's funny. Well, it's good to have you. It's good to be here with you. And for everybody that is tuning in, uh, both live with us and those of you that will be listening to this in pod form uh, this week, welcome into the show. It's good to have you. We are Super Chat Live on YouTube. However, we'll do our best. If you've got questions, if you've got comments, you see at the bottom of the screen, it says, ask John a question. Um, if by chance that we don't see your question or if we're in the middle of something and we don't get it to get to you, please know we're not ignoring you. We're just having a conversation. So if you want to get our attention, the best thing to do is to jump over to YouTube and super chat us there. Also, if you have not yet subscribed and liked this or subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel and then liked this show, please do on whatever platform you're on. But we are very grateful to Buffalo Rumblings. We are both contributors for Buffalo Rumblings. You're a full 5%, whatever that means. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have you. So this game, we're going to start where we're, we're going to have a flow for this thing uh, going forward, just like we did last week. And basic thoughts. I'll let you go first. What were your thoughts about this football game? And mine might be a little different than what you think they're going to be. So give me yours. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, defensive dominance up front. The front mm. seven was as active as as we've ever seen them, and that's because there's a full complement of defensive linemen. Yeah. So I, you were talking last week about uh, Edmonds going downhill, and we saw quite a bit of that. Uh, all the linebackers were attacking the line of scrimmage because their confidence that the defensive line was going to get there. That, to me, was the hallmark of the game. Another one of the beautiful things, and people are throwing darts and saying whatever they want to say, did Josh Allen have a great game? No. Um, Was it mediocre? Maybe. Was it above average? Maybe. But sometimes you got to win when your quarterback is not doing great. So we've talked about this during last season, too. Sometimes you just have to overcome your own performance a little bit. And I think there there was some steady play around the offense that gave him the opportunity, Josh meaning, to kind of, uh, you know, suffer a victory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For me, there's a lot of people worried. There's a lot of conversation through this week, and then it continued yesterday on Twitter about this regression word. I don't think it's regression. Uh, I, I feel, and I texted you yesterday, I felt like Josh is pressing a little bit, so he's not settled. Um, I don't know what that means. I do know, and clearly you played. So this is a a question that I would like to ask you, even though this is more of a conversation. But I'm wondering, because you're the expert, you were in the locker room for 12 years and you played college football. I know from what I've seen in the past, 2019 specifically, that there were plays that happened in 2019 that we did that were very successful, especially the the pattern, the post pattern, short uh, intermediate post pattern to Cole Beasley 
that they ran in the Dallas game. They ran it in several games. They were wildly successful. I think Beasley scored four or five times on it. Didn't see it one time in 2020. Didn't happen. So I know they 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 morph and they adapt and they change the offense year to year. Is it could it be something that where it's just he's just not there with whatever it is that they're trying to do this year yet? And is there a chance that they go back to what they were doing? Uh, I like what you're saying. I, I I look at it. I attribute it to maybe a little bit of Josh feeling like you know I just signed the big contract. It might be a little little bit more pressure that you know he may not realize he's doing it, but wanting to make the perfect throw. Maybe he's waiting too long, or he's looking for something, some behavior in the defensive back where he pulls the trigger. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to crawl inside their heads. But I, the other part of what, what I I like about what you said is we can't be predictable. Mm. And in a game against Miami, especially when you look at what happened in the first set of downs defensively, where you just felt like we were going to manhandle them. And we did continually up yeah. front yep. defense yep. manhandle them. Then you you may want to just continue to work on some things that you never really got to. You know, the season, it seems long as a fan, but as a player, you know, you just don't have the hours in the day to continue to install and practice the things that you need to practice, especially at game speed. Right. So they, they can put those things in during the game and you can get a sense of how your place in the play and the timing of the play. That's good. It's, it's interesting to me. There's just something the bills and obviously McDermott talked about it this week as well. There's just something for some reason, he's not upset about it. The bills just match up well and have their number. And I wonder how much of that is Flores. Because when I watch that game back today again, the amount of times that Jacoby Brissett is thrown at Tredavious White, and like everybody in this league knows, you don't throw at Tredavious White. Meanwhile, what is he? Now, the Bills have a different situation. The Bills have to throw at either Byron Jones or Xavier Howard. Like, that's where they got to go, or they got to find the 34th guy. But like over and over again in that football game, they're throwing at Tredavious White. And like Levi Levi Wallace was playing well. We're going to talk about Levi. I got a lot of good comments about Levi. Levi was attacking the ball. He was running down, like attacking the pass, which is something we haven't really seen from him. He gets hurt. Dane Jackson comes in. So now you've got the bench guy out there. And what is Jacoby Brissett doing? He's throwing at Tredavious White. It's like, why are they slapping him in the helmet when he comes off the field? It's inexplicable, right? Uh, But I I honestly think that's good for us. I mean, I'd rather have Trey White get more work, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. Against... uh, anybody really I mean keep the guy on his toes you can get complacent if you're you know CB1 I never use those expressions but if you're CB1 maybe you don't get tested enough and then when it comes down to it when you are facing the guy and no fear then you're a little out of practice so I really appreciated that I think he responded well I, I think the secondary benefited obviously from you know the difference between the Pittsburgh game and the Miami game and, you know, I, I'm not going to say I did the research, but those PFF or PPF or FPPF <laughs> people did. You know, Ben Roethlisberger got the ball out in 2.8 seconds on average or 2.7 right. seconds. Right. And I watched that game, you know, I, I watch it from the critical mind. You know, of course, I get emotional because we didn't win. But I'm looking at it saying one more second and any one of the four guys up front is going to get him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, Miami should have been looking at how tenacious our front four and front six were against uh, Pittsburgh and, and been maybe just a little bit smarter. They did get some balls out quick, but when they held the ball, when uh, uh, when Jacoby Brissett got it out, it was it was close, man. Every time we're knocking on the door. Yeah, for those sure. Feet, and- those feet were not settled in. Yeah, and Jacoby Brissett, even though he's a backup, he has played in this league as a starter. He's not a slouch. Like, he's not a garbage quarterback. Uh, He's not a guy that hasn't played and is just riding the pine for someday, hopefully, if he gets into a game or is going to play in garbage time. He's a good quarterback. I don't – I don't – as this game unfolded for me, there was – it was pockets, right? Um, And I didn't get to do the overreaction show yesterday. Uh, Sterling Furrow from Cover One sat in for me, and I'm super thankful and grateful for Sterling. I was at – if for those of you that are on Twitter – and maybe saw some Facebook if you're if your friends will be on Facebook. My buddy Marty, who uh, passed away in June, uh, had a brain tumor, had surgery, and then had a bunch of complications after that, and ended up dying. Big big Bills fan, uh, Bills Mafia member. His memorial was yesterday, so I didn't really get to do my show. However, 
I still had some emotions. And it was weird to me because, and I guess I'll stage it like this, 14 to nothing, and it was the weirdest defensive battle I've ever seen. Like, it's 14 nothing, and I'm like, what is going on in this football game? The offense looks like a shell of itself, and the defense is rolling them. However, I settled in as the game kind of progressed. And I'm not, as much as Josh Allen was inaccurate, often, I'm not worried. Does that make sense? And, and I don't think it's because it was 35 nothing. I'm not, I'm not, I think the defense to me is rounding out and, and, and returning to form. And there's, uh, if you go to the Green Bay preseason game, to the Steelers game, to this game, that defense is playing lights out. Josh is going to fall into where Josh needs to fall into, right? I agree. It, you know, and, you know, there's no magic touch. There's no magic play. It's just going to happen. I think, uh, you know, by and large, what I see from the receivers, you know, they're running, they're running strong routes. You know, if you were going to play the Buffalo Bills, wouldn't you focus on pass defense? I mean, you know, and the, and we are getting some good coverage. That was no slouch of a secondary against Miami. You know, Josh made I think three or four poor throws. I got them listed here. Uh, but besides that, you know, he made he made a few throws when he needed to. When it brilliant was, ones. He had a couple brilliant throws. When yeah. we really needed it. So maybe that energizes him. What I do like is at the end of the game. You know, I, I saw a picture today on the uber webs you know where he's sitting on the he's sitting on the bench and the chiron of 35 to nothing is right there but he looks like someone just you know kicked his dog or <laughs> you know and that's a great that's a great thing he'll celebrate with his teammates on their accomplishments but the fact that he's not saying i've arrived i think is great and the games go like that i mean how many times did oh, we should have won that game and you don't. And you're like, what happened? And everybody's disappointed. Well, in this instance, we had one guy not playing at his ability or his own expectation. And we went, we won 35 to nothing. Yeah. And, and, and somebody called it. Did you see that tweet that I put out today? So Brian yeah. Van's like from uh, the breaking the tables podcast, I came on the, the, uh, the time to shine segment that I do on Saturday nights, my, my prediction show where I bring just fans bills mafia on to give me predictions he was drunk out of his mind because he came from a bills mafia party he lives in miami he came from one of the bills mafia parties and then said joe the dolphins are not gonna i should have brought it on the dolphins are not gonna score a touchdown and the bills are gonna score 35 and i was like the bills are gonna win 35 nothing and he goes yes and i was like all right bro so i I'm love looking, it i love <laughs> it i'm hoping brian's playing the lottery this week because uh his number got called which was great but i don't have a lot of uh angst or a lot of uh and maybe it's because I am charged up over what I'm seeing out of the rotation of this defensive line. Like these guys are hungry. They're on fire. I wanted Mario Addison cut before the season and he's on fire. Uh, they obviously sat down F.A. Obata and Harrison Phillips for this football game, who to me are very quality players. So there's an incredible amount of depth there behind these guys. So if something happens, it's just hard to believe that this defense outside of star who in one play and one replay, and I tweeted about it yesterday, got triple teamed. They had three guys blocking Starla Tulele yesterday at times. Well, and, and the reason was, if you watch, go back and watch the film again, anytime he was single blocked, you know, he was reminiscent of what killed us last week, which was Cam Hayward. Right. So I, I was surprised. I mean, there's a fitness and, a, and a, an explosion to him that I wasn't expecting. He wasn't just clogging up the middle. He, he, he would shock a guy, pull a guy, and he's on his way to the quarterback. Now, granted, he's not quite as fleet of foot as Epinesa and Rousseau, but – he was there too. And yeah. if you noticed, I mean, we had a lot of pressure coming from around the edges, but the pressure on the pocket was incredible. And Oliver, both of those guys in the middle, I yeah. mean, there was, there was no let up. It was, they, they played rabid. It was, yeah. it, it was basically what Pittsburgh did to us last week. And I was just going to say that Mike stock actually comes and he says, it seems like the game plan is for teams to run seven defensive backs to stop Josh running the ball down their throats should be the cure for that. That was something that it, another reason I was kind of settled and not upset was the bills ran the ball a lot. And it's, I think you tweeted out at one point, they're trying to scheme the game plan and, and like almost using that game as a practice. Like how do we get this game, this ground game going and we're going to do it now and try to force it and figure it out. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I think I saw the comment, uh, you know, right before the end of the half. And people were like, you know, why are we running the ball? And I'm like, why wouldn't you run the ball right now? I mean, your defense is flying high. You, know, you feel like you have control of the game. Right. Um, you don't get enough. You don't get live reps in practice anymore. I mean, there are no live reps in practice. It's all simulation. And, 
this way they get an opportunity to, to work on some of those plays. And I went back, you know, I, I tried to watch the game live. I couldn't. I saw a lot of people talking about the, the running scheme. I went back and looked at it. And to my maybe disappointment on my prediction from last week, you and I both talked about, you know, getting some angle blocking and then pulling, right? Mm-hmm. Like pin and pull, whatever you want to call it. I, yep, I yep. call it angle plays. Yep. We, did, we didn't do it. Now, if you want to go back, I mean, I'll walk you through it. But what we did was basically run the college inside zone play, but we took the, the, the play side tight end, and on the snap of the ball, he runs across the formation, and the guys here double team at the point of attack. So we're just really just trying to create a scene there. It looks like pin, but it, it really isn't. It's, right. it's really like the college zone scheme. So what I think it does by doing that, instead of just kind of zone running and waiting for the seam, is it forces the running back actually to pause. Mm. So it forces them to do a longer read. Mm. And obviously, I, I think that Moss did a hell of a job doing it. Singletary also. Yeah. But we pulled on, I think, uh, two plays, sweeps, uh, uh, both to the left, I think. You know, where we had a down block, we pulled the guard. And those worked pretty well um you know defensively i didn't think miami was as frightening uh as people will see we will see pardon mm-hmm. uh but no slouches nonetheless what um and i guess i would have to stage this question so for me when i watched last week and i watched this week they're clearly different football games and obviously those defensive lines are completely different you know if you want to say that the Steelers are an all-world defensive line. They they pretty much are, at least showed that last week. And then they got their butts kicked, not butts kicked. They got beat by the Raiders yesterday. And the Raiders are not a slouch team either. They're finally kind of coming into their own and and maybe buying into what Gruden has been trying to coach them for the last couple of years. And it's, they're finally got the pieces right, which takes time for NFL teams. Is last week a throwaway, or were they doing something completely different this week, to your point about the tight end moving and then, like, trying to double-team at the, at the point of attack? Like, no. Was, Sorry to interrupt. No, those, those, everybody's running that play now. I mean, I saw it. I saw it five times last night on Sunday Night Football. It's a good play. Yeah, uh, it's a good play for us because we have we have big bodies at guard and tackle, and we have a quicker center. And Morse played great yesterday. Yes, he did. If you go back, I, and I'm lucky now, I get the NFL Access app. Thanks to Joe Miller telling me. <laughs> so I mean, my, you know, I'm sitting there on the bed last night. I turned a three-hour game into a six-hour game because I literally watch every play, you know, between three and five times, and that, right. you know, that's like I compile my notes, and that's just the way I watch football. I'm just not satisfied mm. if I can't rewind it and see what I want to see. So. Honestly, I think it's a good fit. It's not a throwaway game because I, I feel like it built confidence. And talking about our offensive line play, you know, you and I talked after the call last week, and I kind of gave you my concern about what specifically Williams was doing and what a little bit what um, um, uh, 73. Come on, help me. Our left hand. Deion Dawkins. Deion. So a little bit of what Deion was doing as well is they weren't controlling their hands on the snap right. of the ball and pass. I, I used that all week last week. I used it on like four different shows. Yeah. The, the Phoebe jogging thing. So, I mean, literally. I, did, like, I gave you, know, you credit. I give you credit every time. Oh, I appreciate that. Was, that. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, it's it, basically it amounts to is the elimination of unnecessary movement. You know, I can punch a guy. All I need is six-inch punch, right? But if my hands are all over the place and I don't know where they are in space, I have to reload them to get there. But if you're able to, you know, kind of Tyrannosaurus Rex or dinosaur arms your hands on the snap of the ball, they're always in position. And as long as your eyes are on the right target, you know, you still have to time it up properly, but you're not pulling, you know, you're not pulling the six shooter from your hip. Right. You know, you're, you're popping it right from here. Just like all the drills that these kids, these guys have been doing since they were in fifth grade, you know, you're just popping the bag popping the bag and and I watched it specifically and and really looked to see if they were training their hands better and it was it was an outstanding improvement over week one yeah I actually went into this football game wondering if we were going to see Feliciano get pulled for Butker and it didn't happen Feliciano rebound all of them rebounded so much I mean they they all played within themselves it's odd to me that and it could be nerves it could be excitement home opener 72,000 crazy fans 
right? I mean, everything that was going on last week, but go ahead. Where's the upside of pulling a guy after one bad performance when he's had a quality career? You know, I mean, that, that, that's I, I, I don't disagree, but when a guy loses 30 pounds, right? So if he, I mean, that, that you're as a former NFL player, I mean, you talk about, you say it on Twitter all the time. That's fat John Fina. Like, you know, what weight does for your game in specific positions, because you become an anchor that somebody's trying to move at that point, And 30 pounds is a lot. Yeah. But you know, in contrast to what you're saying, we saw Dawkins and Williams get pushed last week because yes. their hands were outside. It's all about hand placement technique. And I think technique. Ford, Ford had one bad play that I saw yesterday uh, where he let the guy get into his body. And that's right. all what it's all about. You know, don't let the guy get into your body. Yeah, you keep, keep him at a distance. I mean, you might, don't be doing that anyway, right? Isn't that he, the COVID-19? <laughs> socially just He played well. I thought he played well yesterday as well. More, I, There's been a lot of criticism on, on Mitch Morse over the whatever the last couple of years. And I think Morse is a phenomenal. I, sure, he's not, you know, Kent Hull. He's not you know, some of these, you know, pouncy, he's not some of these guys are the greatest centers that have played the game, but he's active. He's mobile. He is athletic despite people wanting to call him not athletic. Uh, he does finish blocks. He runs downfield and peels people off the pile. Like he's an aggressive line. He, and I've stood next to him. He's, he's a big old boy. He's not a guy that I want barreling down on me after somebody's on the ground, like getting ready to take me out of a, out of a play. But I, I feel like they rebounded incredibly, but uh, moving on from just the overall thoughts of the God, game. God, I know. We always spend so much time on segment one. I mean, the, the whole thing gets away from us. What are we it's doing good. here? It's super good, dude. It's, it, after a win, it's going to be hard to keep this show to an hour. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to and watching the Off Tackle with John Fina show. Uh, we're so glad to have you. Uh, if you have a question for John or me and you want to get it out there, the easiest thing to do is super chat us because it's going to become highlighted. If not, I'll try to get to it. I'll do what I can, but yeah, but the good. Let's talk about the good because there was a lot of good from this football game, and then we'll get to the things we need to work on. And the first thing I want to show you is a video. I've, I brought some. I brought some content today, and uh, this might be a little bit loud. So if it is, and I believe this was from Chris Chris Trapasso. So if you're on Twitter, you probably saw this today, and I did actually send this to you earlier. But uh, this is AJ FNS's day, and I've got questions, and I know you've got answers. So here we go. Told you this guy, AJ Epinesa, was in for a huge second season and he was awesome against the Dolphins. Look at how he ducks under the right tackle and then flattens to Tua Tungavailoa on the hit that ultimately knocked him out of the game. Here he bull rushes the right guard, leads to an interception. After that, the Bills moved him to the other side of the line, and he dominated former first-round pick Austin Jackson. Two bull rushes in a row into Jacoby Brissett's lap, and right when Epinesa made it seem like he was purely a power player, crossover to the inside for another pressure, and a cleanup sack for Justin Zimmer. For a little more refinement, swipe move for his eighth pressure of the game. If Epinesa continues to play like this, the Bills' defense is going to be very good this season. Who is this guy? Because you, you've said it to me for this is our second year. It's about having more than one move. I've heard you say it several times that these defensive players have to learn more than one move. Epinesa last year, coming when we drafted him, the idea was he's going to be Chris Kelsey. And I don't know if you – are you familiar? Do you remember Chris Kelsey when he played with the Bills? Yeah. Like he was opposite Aaron Schobel, high-motor guy, was always around, but was not super flashy. But, like, he would – you know, he was solid. He was just a solid player. This kid – like all of a sudden looks like an elite pass rusher with speed, power, and moves. Like Yeah, so I can unpack this a lot because I, I watched him very, very closely. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the obvious stuff um, that most people already see, but I'm just gonna kind of approach it a little bit differently. And then I'm gonna bring up something that you know people aren't putting the value on that they need with Epinesa. So number one, he brings a variety of moves, but they're all good. Mm. Right. So his, his best move, in my opinion, was the last one where he, he kind of went straight in, straight in. Right. Lowered his pads a little bit. And then he, he, he had the ability to back off and knock the hands down and go around the outside. That was that was that was his best move. The thing that's deceiving about him. Right. If anybody that wasn't paying attention during the pre preseason is still deceived, everybody else should know from this game is he uses this leverage and power that you just don't expect. If you are a little bit complacent as a tackle and you see him and you're like, oh, he's a little light in the ass. I'm not too concerned. I mean, holy crap, shame on you because 
he has some serious power right. and he and he utilized it even on the guard right i mean he, he pressed the pocket and we got that all day yesterday from oliver and star all of them but again i mean here's a guy who you think is just an edge guy but here's the real value he plays both sides equally well right bruce smith never lined up on the right tackle you know i, I mean come on we got two guys who can play both sides like that jerry hughes right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when you don't drop off at all if you lose one guy on one side and you have the ability to reload and Rousseau's starting over there and doing a great job. And if you roll Jerry, the three of them through the end position, have zero drop off, that's an alarming problem as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive line coach. And like if you're playing tackle, you're like, okay, great. Now I get Jerry Hughes. And when he takes a break, I get this guy. I mean, there's no falling off. The value that adds to the team is immeasurable. Uh, and to me, like more people aren't grasping on what that means to have two guys right. who can come from both ends. I mean, we look at that going to the offensive line room and we're like, oh crap. I mean, yeah, that's drag. Yeah, that no, and it's and they played. He played so well. Groot was another one. It was there was two plays in particular that I saw where he dropped back into coverage. And I'm not a big fan, and we know that that was the reason that Mario Williams jumped off the wagon. Right when Greg or uh, when Rex Ryan was here, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about Rex Ryan, but Mario was like, "I'm a pass rusher. That's what I do. I pin my ears back and I run. I don't drop into coverage." And he, you know, obviously fell out of the culture here his last season. But uh, Rousseau, the first time he dropped back into coverage, and I was like, "Whoa! Like that's a six foot eight defensive lineman." And he lost his guy, right? But however, after he lost his guy, he maneuvered himself and almost looked like a linebacker as he worked his way to Brissett and tackled him for his first half. <laughs> the explosion and the movement, how smooth he was when he got Brissett on that scramble. I rewound that like five times. I'm like, this is special kind of stuff. He looked like a linebacker. He looked like a linebacker. Yeah, he looked like a linebacker. Here's how, here's why this is so cool to me is, you know, he slides out into space, you know, and if you go back and look at the alignment, go run that film back. Who's playing the five technique? Ed Oliver. Right, Holy right. Wait, now we got a guy who's who played one technique last year. He plays three technique 70% of the time now. And now we got him lined up at end so we can drop drop the six foot eight guy. Oh, and hey, <laughs> don't worry because we're gonna bring uh Matt Milano right. through the A gap and terrorize the hell out of you. I'm sorry I'm so excited, but I'm so excited. Like it's crazy. Now the other one he did, he did another one where he the later in the game, I think the third quarter where he dropped out and he looked a little less athletic where he was actually covering somebody. But it was just exciting for me to see that. Talk about your Levi Wallace is your guy, right? He's your Tucson dude. Uh it, I loved seeing him attack the plays. I loved seeing him attack the ball. I that like when he went after that, he was off of his man. So he's dropping into coverage and then just reads the play, which I don't think I've ever seen him do before. And yesterday he basically left his dude and then went after the ball and attacked it and caught it and got an interception off of it. I know pressure is a big part of that, but to me, that's growth in him. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, every player, no matter how good they are, they will tell you I can get better. And, you know, he doesn't live in a vacuum. I mean, he knows that people would have preferred that we drafted somebody else to replace him. But he's a competitor. He's a battler. He's, he's been that way. I mean, he's from the, the, you know, Tucson, Arizona, which is not, right. not an easy place to grow up. Right. Uh, I, I think what you see in attacking the ball like that, everybody knows this, so I always feel silly repeating these things. But when you're getting the pressure on the quarterback like you have, you play with so much more confidence in the secondary. Mm. Because you you know that in three seconds, the quarterback's going to be on the ground or it's coming out too early. Right. Right. They weren't, and they didn't adjust. They weren't hitting those little reset passes, you know, five and seven yards and getting the ball out because they had fear. Uh, I probably would have tried to adjust if I were them. So you play with a great deal of confidence and it, it's, it's contagious, you know, yeah, for he sure. felt it. He made a great play. I mean, what a great play for him. The good. And you, love that. you love that, right? Cause then he comes back the next week and you build this confidence and it's just like bull Durham, right? If you think you're, mm. if you think you're pitching great because you're, you know, this or that, then you are, and you right. just got to believe it. And more of the good for me in this football game, and then I'll let you get to your good. I'll, I'll 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 end with this one on the good, the tackling. This team is already this year tackling 
a hundred percent better than they tackled last year. And I know that Milano was hurt. I know that Edmonds was hurt last year early on. I know that there was a lot of stuff they were working through. There was no preseason. I know that, but this year, these guys, and that actually speaks to Dane Jackson, who filled in when uh, Levi Wallace went out, and he got that. He stopped that fourth down play, which he, if he doesn't tackle that guy, that guy runs for 25, 30 yards, uh, right? Maybe a touchdown. Maybe a touchdown. So, I mean, for me, just seeing them tackle better, that was a big frustration for me last year. So just seeing them tackle better is a huge win. Huge. Uh, yeah, that is a huge win. And they're, they're doing it across the board. Uh, you know, Taron Johnson was fantastic yesterday, too in the limited reps he got. And then what was really fun is at the end of the game, uh, Matikevich came in. We saw a little bit of AJ Klein. We also saw um, escaping me the, uh, the third or fourth linebacker. Um, oh, the third, uh, you're talking about uh, not Matic- uh Tyrell Dotson or yeah, Dotson. Uh, yeah, yep. uh, Tyrell Dotson got in. Yeah, Smith was, oh, uh, was a healthy scratch. That's right. Any Anytime you can get some of those reps in for those guys, it's great. I, I would say that, you know, that was the good for sure on defense. Tackling the pressure was amazing. One thing that also, you know, you just got to ride high on was the offensive line, the stick-to-itiveness. You know, there really weren't embarrassing moments that were debilitating that cascaded into more debilitating moments. And even though we won 35-0, to you know, there were – it was 14 to nothing for a long time, and it didn't look great during that time. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a moment, and I know I said I, I walked away from the game settled. I was good. But there was a moment where at halftime, I was like, they went at halftime last week at 10 nothing. Right? And I was like, and now they're 14 nothing. And I saw it happen last week. I'm like, this offense doesn't find itself. And they did. Like, they came out in the third quarter, and they seemed to be settled down. Josh was making some good reads. Yes, he had some difficult or some off uh accuracy throws later in that second half but they came out and they were methodical i gotta throw this up for you bro just just because i love you ahmad mathis says i enjoyed watching john fina play tackle for us he was really good so thanks ahmad dude that's really (laughs) really nice of you to say i appreciate that that's awesome so what was your good if i didn't steal them all i apologize but uh if you've got anything else besides what i kind of threw out there is good from yesterday yeah i think i addressed it already i mean controlled uh movement and when I say movement, I'm talking about actual technique by the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, playing within your space, within your body. I saw better feet. You know, people were shuffling and moving their feet a little bit better, by and large. It was uh, it was a vast improvement. Um, I, I think Zach Moss, you know, played with a maybe a little bit of a chip. I mean, those two runs where he breaks, breaks the tackles and gets into the end zone, you know, that's really impressive. I, I, I wrote it down over here, but – he doesn't get in if, or sorry, if you go back and watch the first run, um, and this is this is a nod to Sanders, okay, mm-hmm. and every wide receiver should. This play does not go for a touchdown without Emmanuel Sanders. So he comes down in the formation, go back and look at it, and he starts tracking for the same guy that Deion Dawkins is tracking for, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. tight end, either one, the inside backer. And when he sees, when he sees um, that guy being blocked, Mm-hmm. I, I think it was Dawkins. He didn't just stand there or go double team the guy. He immediately put his head on a swivel and he blocked the supporting safety, which was the block. Right. Literally, go back and watch it. It was the block that turned an eight or 10 yard gain into whatever it was a 48 yard touchdown run. I, I rolled it back five times and I'm like, that's a whatever, eight, nine, 10 year vet, whatever he is. That was the play. Without that play, who knows what the game looks like? Uh, last good uh, could also be Taiwan Jones, who a lot of Bills content provider, content creators like me, I did it wasn't me, but some of us had or some people had out there that that Taiwan might be cut. Taiwan had a great game last yesterday, like an incredible football game. I should have asked you this question last week, and I didn't think about it, and I'm just now thinking about it. You are from Arizona, clearly a different type of heat than Miami. I lived in Florida. I, I actually went to high school in Florida very familiar with the oppressive humid heat that is in Florida. I'm also from Buffalo, New York. So I know what that's like too. There was many games I'm sure where you had to play in Miami in September. And I also know for a fact that back when you were on the bills team, that, that uh, uh, Chula complained about having to play in Buffalo in the winter. Right. So he was not happy about being there. So I know that there was a lot of that going on. Can you like, do you remember those days going from Buffalo 
to Miami. And was it a problem for you being from Arizona or was it just another game and you do what you got to do? No, I think the only extenuating circumstance is the rain, the heat. If you're, if you are hydrated, if your electrolytes are up, you're only worried about cramping, Right. but the rain makes everything you're wearing twice as heavy. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's exhausting See, to me. When, when, the, when the rain started in the second half, to me, that was like, oh, fresh relief. Like, I, I, for me, like, I got this picture of all the Bills players. You know, they were Tim Robbins in Shawshank Redemption, like, looking up at the rain, like, yes, coolness. Because I remember being in Florida when I was a kid. We used to play football outside. And if it started raining, it was like we got extra energy because it wasn't as hot anymore until yeah. after the rain. You know, you're you had 315 pounds. I played at 310. You know, it was tough enough. I was enough not, to, I, I was not enough getting up the stairs. Take your shirt off. Go put it in the sink. Wait. First of all, weigh it. Your shirt weighs two ounces. Put it in the sink. Fill it full of water, and that thing weighs almost a pound. Right. right now, take the uh, the canvas that is the amount of clothing that an offensive lineman wears, plus the pads, right? The plaids and pads all have that spongy stuff too. Sure, so everything sure. you're wearing is two, three, four times as heavy. And that's, oh, I mean, you just, that it bears down on you after 60 plays, 40 plays, 70 plays. It was just amazing to watch them, watch the Buffalo Bills from, and, and we've had a very humid summer. However, the last couple of weeks, it has not been super humid. It was 85 today. It was beautiful, not humid. It's a, a typical Buffalo, Buffalo summer day, which I know you're very familiar with. It's beautiful here, generally in the summer. It was wild to see them almost run the Dolphins off the field in their own stadium, in their own humidity, in their own weather. Like they did, the, the Dolphins didn't want to be in that football game halfway through it. They were like, yeah, we're done with this. Like we're over this. And, and I think it was setting the tone at the beginning. And that was what was missing from the Pittsburgh game. You know, we didn't set a tone on either side of the ball offensively. You know, great. We got, uh, well, first of all, we set the tone defensively and then we shock them with a long run for a touchdown mm -hmm. and you just keep smacking them in the face from the defensive point of view uh, because the offense stalled a little bit, call it whatever you want. But that relentless just jumping out onto a guy and attacking, you know, if you do that quickly enough and long enough, it yeah. carries through the game. Yeah, for sure. We're going to transition now to the work, which is what I've titled this. So basically the things that the Buffalo Bills are going to, are going to leave this game on. And I've got something for you. <laughs> this was a call that came into WGR 55. And Nate Geary, uh, the postgame guy for the Buffalo Bills and contributor for Buffalo Rumblings, just like us, mm -hmm. fielded this call. Now, you have not heard this. This is hysterical. And I, I don't want to give you too much information, but uh, I'm interested in knowing what your thoughts are. So just, yeah, just have fun with this one. Quinn, thanks for uh, for hanging out with us, man. And uh, what do you got for me? Uh, hey, C can you uh, hear me? I got you. Yep. Okay. Um, I was paying attention to uh, Josh Allen's throwing mechanics as I was watching from the dust next to the airport. I noticed that his upline throw to uh, Cole Beasley, which he missed, um, should have been a sidearm. you got to zip it in there, know the time, distance, and therefore velocity of the throw. The velocity requirement is distance divided by time, which is related to the speed of the cornerback uh, and the distance of the cornerback to the destination square of the throw. And the upline throw is defined as a 15 yards diagonal to the next third of the field. He has a corner on the receiver's hip and thus he can't float it over the top. It has to sort of be an ultimate, uh, an ultimate flick. Um, another throw that was notable was the pressure. He was rolling out to the left and you could tell he was not completely confident in his balance and threw maybe a 10 to 15 yard incompletion. But I could also tell he was looking downfield and you don't want to have your eyes superior to your feet. He needs to practice on a rocky bouncer thing and just have him throw 40 yarders while standing on one of those during practice. And doing that will elevate his rollout plays, his off-balance, and his back foot throws. Um, I think that Josh Allen is already the most advanced QB in the game in terms of the number of unique plays he can make. And so there's... All right, I'm done with that. So you're old like me. The movie Real Genius comes to mind immediately. It's like, what... <laughs> Hey, mind blown. Um, I'm all for it. This guy, guy, you know, remember, remember Moneyball? 
That's yeah, it. this sure. guy watches football and sees the matrix, right? He sees like the ones and zeros, like <laughs> dropping down through the screen in green. Like, I, you know, those, those are cool calculations and all, but I was like, oh, pause the game. <laughs> Let me get my laser measuring. You know, I want to calculate exactly from my hand released at this point of my height. It's going to be a 36-yard throw. And, right. you know, sadly, we don't have time. We can't make the defense stop for us to get the protractor out. And I appreciate that because I was a science major, you know, a pre-med kind of guy, and I like to be thoughtful. But the game moves too fast for that. I was as just brilliant gonna, as that all sounds. It just I was just going to say, you can, you can sit there with all of your protractors and your lasers and whatever and begin to, like, speak jargon. And as soon as John Fina punches you in the face – all of that is gone right because that's what happens it's like bang i just got hit in the face uh wait i gotta throw the football now like like what i don't know i heard that today and i was just like you've got to be kidding me well the brilliant part about that joe is as long as it took for him to describe that single pass We've already run six plays. Right. At, at the so base of the Bills run. All, and maybe, you know, for four hours during the day, we can do, you know, physics lesson. And what, you know, one thing you didn't bring into account, and I'm a little disappointed, is the humidity and the air movement would affect the airspeed velocity. <laughs> and then I don't know how you can, you know, actually release with the proper amount of spin to right, compensate right. for right. the varying uh, things that are happening on the field. Take a message for me, if you will. Yeah. Well, I'll do that. <laughs> I love no, it. I love it. And you know what? Honestly, we make fun. But you know, look, fans come in all shades sure. and stripes and sizes and everything. And that they're a fan and they're thoughtful about it. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And if what? that's your jive, man, I mean, those people that do all the stats, dude, I would like Oh, I could never live like that. Right. What's what's funny is as a musician and a guy that's done production type stuff at a very high level for most of my life, like for me, there's conversations that I have with sound engineers as I'm not the sound engineer, but I lead those guys. And we talk about the temperature in the room. The temperature in the room changes the way the sound affects people and just different stuff like that. So I get it, but I just had to throw that out there. So let, I'm going to give you the floor. So when we're talking about the work. There's work that's clearly got to be done. Uh, there's always stuff. There's always takeaways. There's always things that they're going to go back to the drawing board with. What What do you have for the work this week for this football team? Well, I mean, if you're not concerned about um, those two ends for the Washington football team, Chase Young, Chase Young, and and is it Mark Marcus Sweat? No, what's his first name? Um, it, it's it's Sweat, but I yeah, you might be right, Marquez Sweat or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I watched him in college, and I was like, oh, I love this guy. Love it. Yeah. Oh. So I think you got to, you know, keep it in perspective. We we had a very poor showing, and we had a very nice showing. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking that you're here, you know, well, I had a coach who was one of my famous quote, favorite quotes of all time. He said, you know, don't get too high on yourself because a pat on the back is about an 18 inch from a kidney ass. So, yep. <laughs> you know, stay on an even keel. That that would be the work. Uh, the offensive line still needs work, ton of work. Yeah. And yeah. As, as the confidence and the performance of the offensive line goes up, your quarterback's performance goes up. Right. For sure. We don't know that Josh wasn't a little bit concerned in the pocket, um, you know, in the last game because of what happened in the first game. I mean, there were guys swarming all around him. He said it in the first game. He said he was concerned about the traffic around his feet. That he that was on his mind, and he clearly played last year. Like he didn't give a shit about the people around his feet. Whereas in that Steeler game, it was on his mind, and you got to wonder if it was a little bit in this game too. Yeah, that that could be the the difference maker. So the the offensive line literally get in the film room. You know, every rep at practice is is, is the most important rep. And if Montez. you get lazy, you're Montez, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> that's undeniable that the offensive line needs to continue to progress. They need right. to be better. They need to be better next week than they were yesterday. Right. And there's no question about it. But defensively, you know, kind of a different deal. I think they, I would encourage them to feel confident, to get big egos, to, to push, to try more. I've, all, I've, I've been, you know, historically, we went through the season last year 
where I think that our secondary had to play a little bit conservative because we didn't get push. We didn't get free rushers on the QB, but we, we, we have ability to do that now. Now right. you can't wait. You just got to play with that confidence and take those chances. So I'd love to see the secondary play with the confidence that the front six gave them yesterday. And, and one thing we glossed over is I think McKenzie's doing a great job returning. Killing it, killing it on the kick returns. Um, Something that always, I don't know what the word is, as a fan, as a casual fan, and I don't know anywhere near as much as even a lot of the content creators know. I'm a I'm an overreactor. That's what I do. I, I'm an emotionally based content creator. Talk to me about constantly running the ball up the middle and just slamming into bodies, slamming into bodies. Like, it seems like there's an almost an, a, a chess match when it comes to, and you as an offensive lineman, have been a part of this. We're just going to slam into the bodies. And then there was the one play where Moss saw it, and he was like, I'm not going to slam into the bodies. I'm going to go around the end. And he did, and he scored on that play. Is it a softening of the defense? Why do they constantly run these plays where it's just like, we're just going to pound it up the middle? Pound well, up you, the middle. you only said one good thing in that entire 30 seconds, my friend. <laughs> okay. Is it okay that I give you the heat a little bit? You here? can, absolutely. I mean, get the caller back on the line. What's the fastest way to the line of scrimmage? Straight line. Not that way, right? And then the, my my deceased father-in-law, whom I, whom I adored, would keep saying too much to my anger, why do they keep running that same play up the middle? It's not the same play, number one. They got about three or four plays that they run this direction. Downhill is the fastest way to get yards. Do you, do you have you seen the movie Unnecessary Roughness or Necessary Roughness with uh with uh uh the dude from Quantum Leap uh, whatever his name is the, where he he's like an older quarterback and he goes back and plays college. Well, there's a there's a scene in that movie where they run a play and it like doesn't work. So like the coach like takes the play, rips it out of the playbook, like crumples it up and throws it over his shoulder. Like we're never running that play again. Like, and that's sometimes what it feels like when you're it a fan watching. Way. It feels that way too. But you know, I coaching kids, you know. And I think coaching fans too, going back to the caller, you know, 10 divided by three is three and a third, right? Right, right. So what's your expectation for a running play? Three yards. Yeah, three or four yards, right? Yep. And the fastest way to get there is to go forward. I, I, I will stand, I will die on this hill. We, and when we see it all the time, plays get strung out. We've agreed, and I think a lot of the uh, content creators have agreed, that we haven't had a lot of success with the wide zone. Right. So why aren't we hitting the ball vertically, hitting line of scrimmage vertically? I'm all no. for it. It makes I, sense. I just, I just oh, did. oh, which brings up another one of my points. Get it. Give it to me. Okay, you got to watch it closely. You got to watch it closely. But we used, we, <laughs> I was there, but <laughs> we used an inordinate amount of what's looked like play action. Some very obvious real play action and some of it was just play action in the spirit of the line is moving a certain way. The running back is, was the fake wasn't really there. Right. And I watched on several occasions, the linebackers stepped up. Of course. Now, we may not have – Josh didn't complete the balls that he wanted to, but were the Pittsburgh Steelers going to step up for anything? No, because they were getting pressure from four. So we had – you had to throw it over these hands. You had to throw it over the next level and get it to the next level. And you cannot run effective play action unless you can run play run. And the best way to do that, to suck the linebackers to the line of scrimmage, is to threaten them in this direction, not in that direction. Yeah. Uh, sidebar, Don Keith says, I cannot believe this game is so close. I was sure the pack would come out swinging. So she's talking about the Monday Night Football game. And here's the backstory. It was reported on WGR 55 today that there is a guy who has played a parlay, $25 parlay bet on all 16 games this year, or th this week. He is right now 15-0. and 0, So he's won on 15. He's got the Lions in this football game plus 11 and a half. If the Lions beat the spread at 11 and a half on a $25 bet. He's going to win like $750,000 cocktails on him, baby cocktails on him. Right. Freaking crazy. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Stupid crazy. But uh, yeah, why can't that happen to me? But anyways, um, there well, the good news is I needed like um, 30 points in my fantasy league 
and I have three players playing tonight. So That's I'm good. super happy about that. I got Adam Swift and Hawkinson, and no, I, I literally only need like 10 more points to win. What's Swift got right now? Uh, 4.0, but he's, I think they predict 11.9. They've been giving they've been giving the ball to Williams for some reason, uh, Jamal Williams, which is well. Wild. So the upside of me playing um, fantasy is I don't care. I don't ever change my lineup. It was twenty five bucks with a bunch of friends, so right. I'm really not that into it. But right, right, they right. needed they needed somebody to lose in the league, so I'm I'm the guy. So they picked John Fina. <clears throat> so Richard Rush, my guy, asks you this question, John: Do you think running the ball early will help our tackles get into a groove? and get young and sweat on their heels and not attacking, which would be, in my opinion, this is a great question, a deviation from what we, it's funny how one year, we have one year of Josh Allen throwing the ball 50 times a game and destroying people. And now for us, this is a deviation. This is not who we are anymore. But do you agree with this? Will running the ball and try to set that pace, set that tone early help? Well, first of all, Richard, I just want to say thanks for following me on the Twitter box. I enjoy our engagements here and there. And uh, you're, you're a good, uh, you're a good Bill's Mafia member. So thanks for, uh, thanks for the follow and thanks for the thoughtful question. And now it's gone. So I can't remember it. No, I, I agree with it. I agree with it, except I don't think you get those guys on their heels. Mm. Um, you can you can try to neutralize them a little bit. I think that's what you're saying. Uh, you get up in their face. So on the run, I want you close, right? Mm-hmm. I want you kind of fighting for that inside position. On the pass, I want more length. So I agree with you. That's the plan for these guys. If we establish any semblance of the running game, and I'm talking about first and 10, you get three and a half, four yards. Mm-hmm. Second and... Second and six, you get another three or four yards. If we can do that, you know, one out of three drives, two out of three drives, which is completely outside of our character. If we commit to that and we can get that one out of three drives, then yes, Richard, you're right. That that will help neutralize because with a little bit of success in the run game on second and medium, your play action pass will be mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect segue as we move into the last segment of the show, which is just next week's expectations or expectations going forward. Um, what we're going to see, obviously, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, it's going to be a handful. The The hope is that, you know, there's a great deal of development or technique, work, detail, you know, concentration, uh, attention to detail between you know, the Pittsburgh game to this game, which there was, and then the offensive line into the next game. However, I'm not super afraid of Heineke. Have you seen, have you watched this kid play at all? Like he's got, he's got fire in him, which is, he's got a tone, he's got a Tony Romo-ishness to him, like underdog dude, undrafted, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to throw the ball, I'm a gunslinger because I got nothing to lose. Yeah, he's too young and uh, to be afraid, right? He's, right, he's too right. Much, too much opportunity, and he's loving. He's riding high on it. I, right, I don't right. disagree with you. I, I'm not terribly afraid of him. Um, I, w- the thing that concerned me about going to Miami, and I know we practice on grass, but I think RFK still has grass, right? Uh, yes, but they're in Buffalo. That game is in Buffalo. You'll be you'll be here for this football game. Oh my God, I'll be here. What am I thinking? So actually, <laughs> it's even better, right? I mean, my concern about Miami is always the footing. Um, yeah. So yeah. they're coming yeah. to us. Bill's Mafia going to be loud. That field was in rough shape yesterday too. When there was close up on the players, you could see the digouts, like the, or the whatever, like the, the scrapings off of the field, like where the grass was missing. How about my life is so upside down? I don't know where I'm going to be in four days. Um, <laughs> No, I, I agree. I think I think the punishing sound of the Bills Mafia, you know, they're they're disappointed yeah. in game one. They're thrilled about game two. I heard there was talk like they were too loud when the offense was on the field. I, I don't I don't know. I didn't experience I was there. They weren't. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to get it too loud that you can't hear. I mean, keys to the game are gonna be controlling. I'm not concerned about our defense not controlling them. I really yeah. think we are in a really nice place right now and barring a, a complete and utter shocking un- underwhelming performance i think we're in good shape and then they know that too washington does and honestly it's yeah, it's the offensive line play it's, sure. it's going to be there and if they if they play well in the first quarter i think josh really finds a groove speaking of which alex moaba i think that's how this pronounced 
What has been up with Daryl uh, Williams so far this year? He he hasn't looked unsung hero esque, which he looked last year, but he definitely hasn't been bad in my opinion. Obviously, the first game to me is an outlier that Pittsburgh game for whatever reason. But do you have a thought on Daryl Williams and kind of his play thus far this year? Yeah, I mean it was pretty darn good yesterday, but I think what men- mentally wise he should have been thinking that. T.J. Watt and the Steelers wanted to hand it to him in particular because he played so well in the playoff game. I don't know. I'm not going to say he wasn't prepared mentally. I'm not going to say he wasn't prepared physically, but I can tell you that his physical performance yesterday was leaps and bounds better than it was the week before. I I really, I mean, I could nitpick and criticize his game from yesterday technique-wise, but why? Because it was good. And it was it was far better than it was the week before. And as long as he's studying his own film and the defense film, I think um, I think he'll get back to that form. I think he deserves that form. I think he's worked hard for it, and he's a really good dude, right? I, I yeah. believe in him as a player and as a person, and I I think he I think he will continue to deliver. I agree too. I think. I think we're back to last year was an anomaly with no preseason, with no uh, like real training camp stuff where defenses always start out faster than the offenses. They always come out of the gate a little bit faster. I I believe that to be true. I also believe that week one, as we've heard Kyle Brandt on NFL Network say last week is a pathological liar. Uh, I think there's something to be said for defenses coming out a little bit quicker out of the gate than the offenses this year. And that's kind of happening to the Bills, too. But you're smiling at me. Do you not agree? No, I just never heard that one before. Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, I mean, they should have won yesterday, and they did. They did, yep. Uh, the competition game was week one, and it was close, and we lost. But, you know, we have to we have to play with a confidence but not a bravado that we're a championship team because we are. I mean, we're the AFC East champions. Now, we weren't the AFC champions, but right. – you know, building toward that. And if you don't believe that you're a champion and you don't believe you're going to win, then hell or right. high water, you're going to be drowning at the end of the game. And I've been there. And I, and I want everybody to know that I am critiquing. I am yeah. not suggesting that any way, shape, or form I had a perfect game. I watched what um, happened to the right tackle, how he got off the ball late. And the beauty of it was that Epinesa was at full speed and he didn't care. Right. And I've been in that position where that tackle was. I got beat that bad once in my career and it's it's on a loop but the beauty of it is guys like richard rush will put up highlights that i've forgotten about (laughs) we grab it thermit thomas and throw it in the end cram it down cram all those bad memories down you know i mean i pulled thermit thomas like two inches across the goal line baby touchdown we're not going to address the fact that he was going to go that his momentum was going to carry him into the end zone anyway but yes you absolutely grabbed him and pulled him the last two inches into the end zone is it surreal somebody out there who, who listens or is watching find the game in buffalo against the minnesota vikings within the first four years of my career where I cut off the guy on the backside and we do kind of a London bridge thing where I'm leaning into him and he's leaning into me. Thurman cuts it back and literally runs in between us. <laughs> Underneath. I'm pushing on him and he runs under the London bridge. Is I it, want that highlight. Where is that damn play? Is it surreal to, to when those highlights get posted and be like, oh, that's me. That's me right there. Like that number seven, he's me. Like, yeah. is it surreal? It is pretty damn cool. I mean, yeah. you know, some of the greatest thrills of my life, being a Buffalo Bill, not play by play, but just being belonging to that franchise and the city and the people. And now the connection, thanks to Joe Miller and the Bills Mafia and some of our wonderful people out there, the Mafia Babes and Pamadonna. I mean, it's like being back again, except this time I, I can get out of bed Monday morning. <laughs> So we are about to ra- wrap this show up. Uh, everybody has been listening to the and watching the Off Deck with John Fina show. I'm the host, Joe Miller, and I'm here with the main squeeze, the main dude, John Fina. But uh, you're coming into town this week, and you've got a relatively full schedule. Friday night, you're going to the alumni dinner, which uh, I have to give you information about that still. But Saturday, what's going on Saturday? Oh, yeah. So I'm lucky, man. I mean, Mark Maddox and Keith McKellar are going to be in town at the same time, and they have wonderful foundations they raise money for. I don't have my own foundation, but I have found a, um, 
a facility here in Tucson that helps um, take the homeless from homeless to wholeness. And they do they do the God's work. It's called the Gospel Rescue Mission. Yep. So if you come out to Resurgent Brewery, I think it's at five o'clock. I haven't looked at the uh, very hard to look at Chiron that Pam Adana and Jim Ruther are posting. Come to the Resurgence Brewery. I'm a really somewhat decent guy. I will sign an autograph for you. We'll yuck it up uh, Bill's Mafia way. And all of the proceeds that get divided up will go to the Gospel Rescue Mission in Tucson, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I just think the, the generosity of the Bill's Mafia is, is legend across the league. And I think many cities in America, if they were steeped in Buffalo and left it, would understand why it is such an amazing place. Super good. So John is going to be at Resurgence, Bre- Resurgence Brewery in Buffalo with Keith McKellar. That's what you said, right? And Mark Maddox. The Mark Maddox. Maddox. That's right. And Mark is awesome. Mark does a lot of charity work, as you said. Yeah, Five Mark's going to be up in Phoenix. Five o'clock on Saturday. So if you're doing nothing on Saturday before the football game, you want to hang out with Bill's Mafia and John Fina and a couple other Bill's players, get some autographs and just, as he said, yuck it up. Five o'clock Saturday, Resurgence Brewery. But uh, yeah, John, this was this is the this is the best show. This is the best show, like not named like real show type stuff, in my opinion. Like this is just you do a fantastic job, and I'm not shining you on. You do a great job. This is this has been a well. Blast. You do all the work. I just fill in some of the ridiculous commentary. <laughs> like without you, I mean, I do take my notes, which we only addressed like two points of mine. I thought it was a really ticky tack call on Deion Dawkins. Um, Rousseau was outstanding. The energy across the board was great. But my highlight was when Matt Millen, who I didn't listen to the broadcast and people were commenting on it. He was horrible. Horrible. Uh, he said, the ball is the ball game. But the, the ball, ball is the whole ball game. He said more than that. that. He said that th- this is a penalty that they're going to decline unless they don't decline it. Then he said, and I tweeted it today, uh, the dude, whoever, and I had the name on it, wasn't Dick Stockton. Whoever the guy was that was with him said, uh, the lat, like two rushers have, have, have gotten to the quarterback unabated. And then he followed it up with, and they weren't even touched. It's <laughs> just like, that's what unabated means, bro. Like, that come was, on. That like, was awesome. I mean, real <laughs> deep thoughts. <laughs> and look, I've been there. I've, I've been on that side of the microphone during a game. And sometimes you hunt for expressions, you hunt for words. But if somebody said, this is a guy, I like this football player. He said that uh, more than a dozen times. It was literally, have you seen dodgeball? Yes. It was literally, he was absolutely uh, Jason Bateman's character. The scene when like, uh, what's his name, puts the bandana around his head and Cotton McKnight says, uh, for whatever reason, he's put a, co- a, a blindfold around his his eyes, and then and then he says he won't be able to see very well. Cotton, <laughs> and he's like, I think I just said that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I it, just, was, it was awful. Oh, and I will say this: the taunting thing is uh, it's ridiculous across yeah. the league. Yeah. I've had I've had it up to here with that crap and the targeting that's going on in college right now. It is just out of control. The helmet technology is so much better. What I want is somebody to go back and find out if any of those victims of the targeting have suffered at right. all. Like, right. are they in the concussion protocol? Right. Are they right. unable to, you know, balance a pen on their finger? I mean, what's what's the deal here? I mean, what's the super downside? The technology in the helmets is so much better, and now we're nitpicking at like one frame per millisecond. And we're, we're dialing this down, or is it like a million frames per millisecond, whatever the hell whatever it is. Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, and, and we're, we're pretending like, it, because it's in slow motion, that I can suddenly duck my head when I've already launched myself when the receiver is doing this. It yeah. is, oh. Well, we are, get, we, are get, we are getting the benefit. Josh Allen had a roughing the passer call where Agba – barely touched his helmet, touched his face mask, and Josh hit the ground and pointed at his helmet and got the flag. So, But I'll be honest with you, after 20 years of never getting the call for the quarterback, it's kind of nice to get the call for the quarterback for a change. Here it is. Here it is for you. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh! 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 And then I got to roll over. Bring out the wet sponge. Bring out the sponge. The magic sponge and that spray now they have the spray don't we have the spray in the nfl i have no idea how much is that spray i have no idea (laughs) it's too funny 
ladies i'm gonna wrap this thing up before it gets even more john john is at this point doing parlor parlor acts parlor tricks and acting on the show so <laughs> that's why you should come to resurgence yes i'll be honest i'll i'll tell everybody without a shadow of a doubt the the john that you're getting on this show is john in real life you will get the same john and i apologize in advance <laughs> So yes, find get your butt out to Resurgence Brewery at five o'clock on Saturday. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show. It's always a pleasure on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. Uh, do me a favor if you have not yet subscribed on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the bell, hit the like button, just so all that kind of stuff works. John, yeah, you got you got your finger up. One more thing. Oh, ding ding! Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Well, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Line up and. Uh, Go Bills. Let's beat the Washington football lads. Let's beat the Washington football team. I hope they never name it anything other than the Washington football team. I kind of like it. It feels football-y. Doesn't it feel football-y? I don't know what it feels like. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> Stay away. Stay away or we'll both get canceled. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys later. For Joe Miller, for John Fina, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.